Welcome to the One Question Podcast, brought to you by Wabi Sabi Studios. I'm your host, Michelle Cox, and I love having unlikely conversations on uncomfortable topics. It's a huge passion of mine, so much so that I wrote a few books a while back that challenge people's notion on living a life more unconventionally. This entire podcast stems around one question. If there was one topic you wish society would talk more about, what would it be? We are all unique. We are all different. And everyone's journey to parenthood, otherhood, whatever the outcome might be, is very different. And just knowing that we are whole. Bernadette Andrews of Embrace Otherhood is an author and life coach to women who have gone through unsuccessful fertility treatment. She helps them to release fertility shame and trauma to create a new meaningful life. For 16 years, Bernie went on and off the baby-making train in the hopes of falling pregnant. She tried everything from IVF and Chinese medicine to naturopathy, all the while maintaining her humorous and positive vibe throughout a very challenging time. Today's topic is one dear to my heart, as whilst my story was very different to Bernie's, there are similarities in our finding a new path in life, one that we didn't expect or want, but one which we both feel very happy and privileged now to live. Bernie's now on a mission to help others see the beauty in a life led without kids. Instead of referring to people who wanted children but couldn't have them as childless, Bernie now encourages us all to embrace otherhood. Whilst your life may not have turned out exactly how you or those around you expected, you did all that you could to have children and now you're open to all the possibilities that life has to offer that of otherhood. In sharing her story, Bernie hopes to help others experiencing infertility know that they're not alone and that you can live a full, purposeful and rewarding life, whether you join the Mothers or Fathers Club or not. Bernadette Andrews, it is fabulous to have you on the show today. Welcome. Thanks, Michelle. So excited to be here today. So if there's one thing that you wish society would talk more about, what would it be? It would be otherhood. Otherhood interesting term. So tell our listeners what otherhood means and why is this a topic that you're so interested to talk about? Otherhood means when you are asked that question, when are you going to have kids or why haven't you had kids yet? Instead of saying, no, I don't have children. Instead, I say, no, we don't have children. My husband and I really wanted children, but it didn't happen for us. And we are now embracing otherhood. What a great topic. And obviously you and I have got that in common about not being able to have children. So you recently wrote a book about this and your book is called How to Stay Sane on the Baby Making Train. I imagine the journey, you know, to get to writing that book would have been incredibly hard. Why is it that you decided to air all that type of stuff after 16 years and everything you'd sort of gone through? Why did you decide to write the book? Yeah, well, the book came to me, to be honest, having a conversation with one of my girlfriends who had been through IVF as well, and she ended up with a baby. And my husband and I went through IVF and we didn't end up with a baby. And it was just about all of the things, like all of the crazy things, the funny things, the things we had to drink and eat and the all of the acupuncture, the needles, the early morning appointments in the city with IVF doctors, the blood tests. It was just basically out of 
all the things that I've tried, like we've tried to do to have a baby. When people have asked, when I've been at work lunches and in conversations, you know, oh, do you have children? And I would always answer no. But in the back of my mind, I was quite frustrated with just answering no. And then the conversation gets deflected and goes on to another topic. But I was like, no, but these are all of the things that we have tried in our 16 years on and off the baby making train to try and have a baby. And once I opened that up and started writing down some bullet point notes on all of the funny things that we did, I felt that I could be a voice to other women, other couples who were suffering in silence like my husband and I had for many years. And it was, okay, how do we not lose our sense of ourselves whilst going through the infertility train ride? How do we survive? How do we know how to answer that question? How do we know all of the things that I went through and the things that I had learned if I could just put this into a book so that other people could benefit from that? And that's the writing journey for me. It was quite pinnacle because, yes, I did write that book basically when I turned 40. So 40 in infertility terms, is usually the oh no go zone, the flashing lights go off, that's it, the end of the story. But for me, I found it quite therapeutic. And once I had started, all these stories and advice just started pouring through me out onto the pages. And yeah, it basically became became the book. And I, I felt then that it needed to get out there. I needed to release it as well, just for myself in making that choice after trying to have a baby from quite a young age, from about 24 through to about 40, I'm now choosing to embrace otherhood. And what does that mean? It means being open to all of the other opportunities that life has to offer. Because when I first got married, basically, it was just the assumption that, you know, you get married have a baby, you know, we got married, we bought a house and then it was, yep, okay, that's the next step. That is basically what a lot of my family and friends were doing as well. So when it didn't happen, I then started, you know, questioning later in my 30s, okay, do I still want to have children? Why do I want to have children? What kind of mother would I be? What kind of life could I give a child? I asked a lot more questions that I just never thought of when I was in my 20s as well. So basically, it was really about coming to a conclusion that, you know, I'm now choosing another life. And when I was going through infertility, I only ever thought that I had that one purpose as well. So there was no other thing. Yeah. Do you think that's part of it, the drama around the pressure put on us as young people in our lives that that is the only life is that you are wired to procreate. So therefore the assumption is that we will, and talking to hundreds and if not thousands of people about this over my time and writing about this topic as well, I found that, you know, there are people that are not wired. They do not have that, you know, maternal instinct, which, you know, to those that have a very strong maternal instinct find that a bit weird. But do we not talk about the fact that there is, otherhood. There is another life that you can have. There is another journey and that is okay. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad person or you're selfish or, you know, all the things that, you know, we get judged on if we don't have kids. 
Do you think part of that is around educating young people that there is a choice and that there is another life and you can actually be really happy and really fulfilled as well? Absolutely. There is definitely that. There needs to be a lot more openness to everyone living their own unique lives and their own choices. Yes, there is the popular childless by choice group, but that group in themselves, they get a lot of negative feedback that they're being selfish for not wanting to have children from the beginning, whether their bodies can or cannot. And it's that they're being selfish. They'll change their minds when they're around the 40 age. Who's going to look after them when they're old? They'll regret it. Yeah, all that bullshit. Like, I hate that. Who's going to look after you? Most people I know, their kids are never going to look after them. It definitely is that. And what I found as well with going through the fertility treatment, you're very much in that cylinder. That is your little bubble. That is all you can see because it kind of comes into every part of your life. All the choices that you're making, you know, should I go on this holiday? Should I buy this house in this suburb near this school or should I not? Does this job have maternity leave? It comes into so many of your daily life, your money, your finances, all of that. And then once that doesn't work, the clinics that I went to anyway, there's no offboarding, if you know what I'm saying. There's no, okay, this hasn't worked. It's basically just keep coming back, keep coming back. We'll try something different. We'll try something different. But if that person is actually questioning and feeling that their heart's not in it anymore, there's not much support or openness around, hey, you can live a whole purposeful, meaningful life without having children, even if you wanted children. And this is potentially what it could look like. I'm really excited to get this out, to share this story a lot more, is that, you know, we are whole just as we are. We don't need to have the three children to make us be more of a a woman or a man. There's a lot of other opportunities out there for us and we can look at otherhood in so many ways and help the young adults that are already in our lives as well. Yeah, definitely. And become, you know, mentors and role models and coaches for kids. I've got so many kids in my life and I have more time and patience and, you know, love for them that I can spend time with them and teach them different things that their parents, you know, can't and they're overwhelmed or they're exhausted, the poor thing. So there are different roles that we can all play. And the way I kind of look at it, it's, you know, old school communities where you had a village and everyone had different roles to play. And so my role in a lot of my friends and my families with their kids is different to that of a mother. But, you know, I love it. And I love being surrounded by kids, you know, which is a hard one, I guess. And I'd be interested to know your view about that, about how you coped with that through that 16 year period of which you were going through pretty traumatic experiences. And as you said, it consumes your life, like every single waking moment of everything that you're doing is around the fact of you and your husband trying to have a kid. So, you know, how did you feel seeing a lot of your mates have children and going to parties for babies and holding other people's kids? Like, talk me through that. Like, how was that experience for you through that time? It's a very much a silent struggle on the outside. Yeah, we're putting on this face. We've got the smile on. We're going to the baby shower or the one-year birthday party or we're holding the little baby in hospital and things like that. On the outside, you're happy for your friend, your family, you are. However, on the inside, you don't want to be seen as selfish or I'm not going to visit because I can't deal. I felt like I was not enough, 
lacking something. Everyone else has got this baby, especially when you are, you know, pregnant, baby showers and having that baby. It's such a talking point as well. And there's so many exciting, fun things, but you're basically thinking, okay, hopefully that will be me next, you know, next Mother's Day, next Christmas. Hopefully that'll be us with the presents under the Christmas tree. But when that doesn't happen, it's, yeah, like a really bad feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in so many emotions and life moments that you're talking about there, I don't think people with kids and especially those that have had a pretty easy ride of it would have any comprehension about all that stuff that you've gone through and in those moments about how you're feeling about that. And I think the point you just said then about not feeling worthy or good enough or, you know, all those kind of elements and, you know, what's wrong with me and, you know, the other term of, oh, you're a barren woman and all these horrible terms that people use around childless women and it's terrible stuff. And, you know, it is hard to not take that on and, you know, be strong and go, well, I am more than that. And we are, as humans, we are more than our parental status. And that's a message I've been trying to spread for years. When somebody says to you now, hi, Bernie, how nice to meet you at barbecue first time. Do you have kids? What's your answer to that? Yeah, my answer now is just being truthful and it feels so relieving and it feels very empowering. And yeah, it basically is, no, I don't have children. I really wanted to. It just didn't happen for us. And I'm now really loving life. That's basically what I say. And then what happens is that they will then be open with their own struggles that you would have had no idea about. Some have said, I've had three miscarriages before my first one. And people then start sharing because I was a bit vulnerable. I didn't just say, no, I don't have kids. They suddenly are opening up and sharing their journeys or or their struggles as well, which is the thing that I want to create more awareness about is one in six people are struggling with fertility. And it's not really talked about a lot straight up instantly with people that you first meet. But yeah, just being so much more open and it's just creating such a kinder, truthful platform for, you know, creating relationships with people that you probably just would have said, no, I don't have kids. And then your conversation would have split off. And how do you deal with the ones though that like go, oh, poor you. Oh, I feel sorry for you. Yeah. You know, that's a shame. Yeah, I kind of think about in that split moment, they're kind of projecting their own feelings of lack in some other area of their own lives. So I'm not going to take on that negative emotion. And for me, I just say, you know what, I'm actually really loving life now. Absolutely love life. You know, we're surrounded by beautiful family and friends with a lot of children, young adults, and it's an amazing experience to be involved in. Like you just, you know, mentioned about the tribe and the community when I just, yeah, I would basically just say it in that way. And then, yeah, it goes really well. I've not kind of looked at it that way. I think when I meet a stranger and they ask me the question, I just say, no, I don't have kids. Or sometimes I'll say, yeah, I have stepchildren. But I don't know, maybe because the cancer journey that I went through was pretty shit. (laughs) And so I just didn't want to talk about that with strangers. And so I just thought like I'm trying to move on and get on with my life and I don't want to bring that negativity into a conversation with someone I've just met. But I think your attitude to it's interesting. And as you said about saying, you know, no, I don't, but this I wanted to and this is where I'm at now. And then them sharing stuff, that point you said about vulnerability is an interesting one. And, you know, maybe I need to change my tune a bit on that and say, no, I don't. And I had a, you know, a cancer journey and it was unfortunate, but 
yeah, I have a great life. Maybe I need to take a leaf out of your book and change my tune on that to educate people a bit differently. Whereas I've always looked at it to say, stop asking the bloody question. You know, we're more than, do you have kids? Don't you have kids? Like that doesn't define any of us. Even everyone I know that are parents, like I didn't even think of them in that way. I'm like, yeah, you have kids, but actually you're so much more than that. You're an amazing human and you do all this philanthropic work or, you know, all the different things that they do. And, um, the parents just one little element to that. But yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's the putting people into certain boxes. And in the past, there was only like one or two boxes. But now there are a lot more opportunities open for us. Even when I was going through infertility, I would go to some of the IVF support groups. And some of the women there, they didn't have like an outside job or career. It was just getting pregnant, having a baby and being a mother, which is absolutely fine. But for me, what helped me during that time was having friends who didn't have children and didn't want to have children. It was having other activities that were not related to any kind of IVF, playing sport, you know, doing other things, learning other things, being creative. Those things really helped me to form the life that I have now because I wasn't just in that one box of just trying to have a baby and I needed that outlet as well. So parts of that probably, yeah, relate to how I answer that question Mm now. Yeah, it's great. And I think as well, kind of highlighting to people that we are so much more and the harshness and the terrible things that people say to you when you're going through that journey and people are heartless and they don't even realize. And I think this is part of this kind of conversation is around educating people that there is absolutely another life at otherhood and we can be happy, fulfilled, full of love and like lots of other incredibly fulfilling elements to life, right? Rather than just having a copycat of yourself, you know, (laughs) cloning yourself in a sense. So tell me about in the book, what are some of the key points that you try and impart on people around the staying sane component through going through this tumultuous time? You know, you probably don't do something like this in any other part of your life, like for 16 years to focus on one core journey and then it doesn't happen, like is pretty interesting you know, to deal with that and what you and your husband must have learned about yourselves and about life and about what you want. And the other part is I've seen a lot of partnerships break up through this, you know, horrendous time as well. So be curious to know how you guys manage that. And yeah, some of the top tips that you have for people to keep sane. Yeah, definitely to keep sane is, and this took me a long time to learn, is definitely just to let people in, let your core support group in. It's so important. It took me a while to do that and I slowly did that. But when I did, it was just very freeing because I was then getting out of my own head and my own heart. I could then just let it out a bit more and it just felt really supportive. Your core family and friends, they want to help you as well. And it might not be crying as up, but just letting them know where you are on the journey, what decisions that you're going through. You know, you might have a work commitment that might not let you be able to do an IVF cycle next month and just all that stuff that you're thinking about when you're going to sleep. So definitely let people in. And with your partner as well, having the communication as well and planning fun non-baby stuff just for the two of you as well. Have some holidays planned or some trips away planned that it's got nothing to do with going through fertility. Just having some of those key things pre-planned, having them to look forward to is really important for your relationship. And one of the 
biggest things is comparing yourself as well. That was one of the huge challenges. And I definitely wrote a whole chapter in the book about comparisonitis. So comparing yourself, okay, but I'm married. Okay. Yet by this time, you know, when everyone else is getting pregnant, why aren't I? And everyone's now having their second baby. Why aren't I having my first? Why did they fall pregnant when they weren't even trying? Why not me? There is so much comparing like you're always thinking why is it happening to them and not to me it's going to be definitely one of the biggest challenges and to really lead into that is to realize that we are all unique we are all different and everyone's journey to parenthood otherhood whatever the outcome might be is very different and just knowing that we are whole a woman doesn't need to have a baby to be seen as the woman you know there's so many celebrities and powerful people in the world who are women who haven't had children for very different reasons. And they're so inspiring. And that's what inspires me to go, right, I haven't had a child. Maybe there's a reason for that. I'm going to, as scary as this is, I'm going to just step into the scariness and try and create a movement around otherhood so that other women who've been where I've been suffering in silence, they can actually go, you know what, I heard that story from me and it pulls them out of their darkness. And if I can help one person do that, that's what I would definitely love to do. I love it, Bernie. It's, I mean, you're doing some amazing work in the space and you are making a movement happen. And, you know, it's not just for people who don't have kids is my view. It's around a lot of those listening that are parents around, you know, them understanding the journey that many others are on and to be kinder and to support them and to realize that life can be led in lots of different ways. And as friends and family, it's their job as well to support people like us that have a different life too. It's up to us to support them when, uh, you know, they're in a world of pain with their kids and we're having a lovely time on a beach. But anyway. (laughs) Why not? Lean into it. (laughs) Exactly. Lean into it. Enjoy the life as you wish to have it. It's been gorgeous to chat and thank you for sharing those, you know, very vulnerable stories and yeah, very personal element and your perspective on otherhood. It's been fascinating. So we'll see you soon. Thanks so much, Michelle. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Wasn't that an incredible conversation? I hope you enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed bringing it to you. If you did like it, can I ask a small favor? Please rate and review on your listening platform for me. I know everyone asks this, but it seriously makes a difference to help get these conversations out in the world and makes all the hard work and effort I put into this for you all the more worthwhile. And until next time, if you have one question you'd like to ask me, hit me up on my socials or jump on my website, michellejcox.com.